You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast, where you'll learn step by step how to meet and seduce beautiful women. Women, whether you're looking for one night of fun, a week long fling, or a long term relationship. I'm your host, Trip, and the episode starts now. Hello and welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Another interview, we're kind of on a roll here. I've been finding some really cool people that I've been wanting to talk to lately. This one guy who you're going to be hearing today, his name is Baron Cruz. And Baron is a very smart man. He talks about charisma. He's got a YouTube channel called The Charisma Matrix. And I've known him for quite a while. He's a good buddy of mine, too. We became friends, you know, just from discovering that we were in the same space, you know, teaching men like yourself how to be more social, how to be good at it, charismatic, attract women. He talks a little bit about dating in his stuff, but not as much, more just general social stuff, which I think is really needed and really necessary. And he's got some good tips, and he's going to be sharing them with you today. So I decided to have him on because I did interview him on my YouTube channel quite uh, a while ago. I think we were talking about it, you'll hear it on the interview, maybe a year and a half ago, something like that. And I said, well, let's get you on for something a little bit more intimate, a little bit more raw. You know what I mean? Like, let's get you on a podcast and let's just talk it out instead of having to sit there and do a whole YouTube thing. So I have him on and we talk about some tips on how to be charismatic. Now, why should you know what that's about? Why should you learn how to be charismatic? Well, charisma is really important. That's because charisma, well, I'll I'll say what charisma is to me, right? You can look it up. You can look up the definition. In fact, let's just do it together real quickly. Um, in front of my computer, define charismatic. They say exercising a compelling charm which inspires devotion in others. So it's, uh, yes, a compelling charm, but you get people to like you, to be attracted to you, to be devoted to you. And I think what it really is, is it's a way of showing the ultimate confidence really in yourself. I think charisma is being unapologetically yourself, being comfortable with who you are, being comfortable with yourself. I think really that's what it is. There's there's something about just kind of going out there and saying, hey, this is me and being comfortable being yourself, right? So what's going to happen if that happens? Well, you're going to be smoother in interactions. You know, people who are really charismatic, they're not second guessing themselves all the time. They're really just in a flow state when they're socializing, really just able to talk to people, understand people, empathize with people. You know, there's a fine line, I think, between charisma and narcissism, meaning, you know, someone who's charismatic, they're not going to be really into themselves, right? But there are a lot of people who are smooth and somewhat charismatic, but are also show-offs and kind of narcissistic. But a really truly charismatic person isn't talking about themselves, isn't showing off, things like that. I think that's maybe what we think charisma is because we see that on TV and things like that. But really, it's the ability to connect to people so well that, like it says here, right, they, it compels charm, which inspires devotion in others. Really, yes, yeah, someone to be devoted to you, attracted to you, to really respect you. So that's what I believe charisma is. And again, we're going to be diving into that today with our good man, Baron Cruz from the Charisma Matrix. Now, just a little update. I got a lot of applications coming in for coaching. Maybe you've heard about it on my Instagram, which is at TripAdvice, by the way. Follow me there. 
And if you haven't heard about it there, you've heard about it here on the podcast because you listen to the podcast. So if you haven't applied yet, I suggest you do because I've been getting a lot of applications in and not everyone makes the cut. I'll be honest with you, but don't be scared. That doesn't mean you shouldn't apply because I still do accept quite a bit of people. You just have to apply at coachedbytrip.com. That's coachedbytrip.com. You fill out an application form and throughout the application, it asks you questions. And I just ask you to be very honest with me in terms of filling out the application and, and really giving it your all. Of course, you have to be 18 or older to pre-qualify. And then I look through every application, specifically me. I will be reading your application. So anytime you fill one out, I'm reading it, I'm looking at it, and then we'll get on the phone to see if it's a good fit for you. And if it is a good fit, I'll tell you more about how we can get you signed up for. But basically, if you don't know what coaching is, coaching is you and me one-on-one on the phone together creating a customized plan for you. So if you're having trouble with approach anxiety, if you're having trouble with flirting with girls, getting them interested in you, if you're having trouble with getting girls to pay attention to you wherever you are, or maybe you just don't know how to get their numbers and get them to meet up on a date, any of these issues and everything in between, we figure out solutions for them for you in your life. So I want you to apply today if you're interested in coaching and if it sounds like something that's going to help you. I believe it's going to help really anybody. Coaching is the ultimate form of getting fast results. So go to coachedbytrip.com. For now, before you do that, check out this interview with Baron Cruz. Baron Cruz, what's up, my man? What's up, man? Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I believe this is our first podcast uh, interview we've ever done together, right? I, I interviewed you on the YouTube channel maybe a yeah. year or two years ago, but our first podcast episode. Yes, it feels like a lifetime ago. I'm excited for this. I don't know why. You, I don't know why you don't have a podcast. Your voice is super powerful. You even teach guys how to have a powerful voice, which we're going to be learning some tips today. Uh, exactly. The podcast. Yeah, I've thought about it before. I just put all of my focus on my YouTube right now. You know, I've talked to a lot of different people and some people say, you know, you want to do Instagram, you want to do a podcast, you want to do everything, you want to do TikTok. But I've kind of found if you focus on what you're specifically good at, and I know podcasts could be one thing, but where you have momentum, that's kind of where I have momentum. So that's where I've done that. But I've thought about it before. Okay, fair enough. Well, when you do have a podcast, I will be one of your guests. You're welcome. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, you have the Charisma Matrix, which is your YouTube channel. And you have, at this point, over 200,000 subscribers. But this episode will be here forever on, on iTunes. So I'm sure that thing is just going to keep growing and growing. And it's cool to see you just really kill it, man. You have really good advice. You talk about charisma. You talk about how to stand up for yourself, vocal tonality. I feel like everything kind of that has to do with being social you have something to say within it. And it's really cool that you are on the podcast to share some of that stuff today. So thanks for being here. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. All those little components, kind of just little pieces where you know you can do okay if you have a couple of them. But you know, if you have them all together, that's kind of how you become that person that people actually deem like, God, oh, that guy's got a lot of charisma. That guy has a strong presence in the room. It's not just some crazy idea. It's like, well, no, it's because he has this, 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 and this. And I think being able to formulaically explain it can be very helpful to guys. And it's kind of hard to find that information out there. So that's why I do what I do. I love it. 100%. How'd you get into this? Maybe for the guys who don't know who you are, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of them because a lot of my listeners here are more podcast listeners than they are YouTube 
watchers. So maybe you can tell them who you are, how you got started. Yeah. So my background story is much different than a lot of guys in the space. And a lot of guys really struggled coming up. And they're like, God, I got to figure this stuff out. And that's great. That's admirable. That's a lot of times how people get the real grit and motivation to get it done. But I was on the other side of the coin. I was very fortunate in that my mother, very outgoing, very social, very gregarious. And my father, although he was he is an introvert, just a great conversationalist, really easy guy to talk to, amazing vocabulary. And so I saw at a young age, the advantage that that afforded me by being able to talk to people, to put people at ease when you're speaking. I was like, God, I don't want to not only lose this, I want to figure out what's going on. So it was probably my freshman year in college where I really started to dig in and learn what's going on behind the scenes. Because you can kind of feel... like Just for instance, when you're talking to somebody new, you feel a certain level of comfort with them. Some people you feel very nervous and anxious probably because they're feeling the same way. And some people you don't. But why is that? And you can explain that basically boiled down into statistics as opposed to just have to be like, oh, it feels right. I'm going to try this. No, we know this works. We know this works. So I started studying that and got more proficient at understanding and explaining it. But one of the things, one of the kind of twists that I think will be good for your podcast, because I know you focus on dating specifically for shy guys, is even once I got very good socially, I was terrible with women. I mean, terrible. Like, I think I was to the point where you're the dude that if there's a party and there's girls there, you're like, oh God, do we really want to invite Baron? I mean, I, I love the guy to death, but is he going to creep the girls out? It was that bad. Even though I was good socially, just because I didn't understand that piece, that the different piece of how you need to interact with women. Because you know, I was like everybody else watching the movies and you know, eventually the nice guy gets the girl, right? And every movie it happens going to happen to me. And also, like, I wasn't like some quiet nerd. I was outgoing. I was social. And I still had such a lack of success in that. So the final piece for me to bringing it all together, and I don't focus as much on the dating aspect, but in my own life, it's something I had to learn, was that. And it's interesting how many commonalities, once you understand it, do lie between just general social proficiency and advanced social skills and being good with women. You know, it's interesting too. As you say this, it reminds me of some of the clients that I work with. So some of the one-on-one coaching that I do with clients, they're guys, uh, not every time, but, but I'd say half the time, they're guys who are like, I'm amazing. And this is their words. I'm alpha. I'm social. I'm outgoing. I'm powerful in my job. But when it comes to women, it's not happening. It's not. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not capable of being able to talk to girls. I'm freaked out to go and approach them. And when it comes to women, they're just lost. Yet they're very powerful in their business. You know, yep. so that's the thing. And, and so what you're saying is something kind of similar. You're like, oh, I'm the social guy. I was a social guy. And I was like fun and outgoing. But uh, when it came to women, it was tough. You know, it's so interesting. We can go into the theories of, of how that came to be. There's a lot of evolutionary psychology theories in terms of why men are so afraid to talk to women. Uh, mm-hmm. But we won't go into that right now. But let's just understand that this is the case for a lot of guys. A lot of guys, what I'm saying is it's not rational. You know what I mean? It's like you would no. think, oh, guy is social, powerful guy at work, makes a lot of money, super good looking. All the things that we have learned gets you girls. But that guy still has problems getting girls. Now, we don't know that for sure by looking at it, but I talk to these guys all the time. And I can tell you right now that they're coming to me and guys like you to watch this stuff and learn this stuff because they don't have that handle. So I'm, I'm yeah. really excited to have you on today to give some of your tips and techniques 
so guys can get that handled, you know, in terms of crafting that charismatic personality. So this really cool. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine your story here. I think I don't know if you're finished with your story. No, no, that's it. What, what, what popped in my mind was you said that, like, I'm sure when you first started coaching one-on-one, you got these guys that were doctors making a ton of dough, the fancy cars, and they're asking for help. You're like, wow. I mean, it's amazing how relevant that is. But when you're coaching guys like that, that's a great example of just teaching some basic skills or a basic understanding of what interaction really should look like. It's a pretty easy and quick fix versus somebody who just really doesn't have good confidence. Maybe they're not proud of their job. They're not proud of what they've done. That's a totally different hurdle they have to get over versus what you're talking about. These guys that actually have attributes they can be confident about. But it is just shocking how you'll see some guy who's trying to improve and he sees some doctor who has everything going. He's like, no way. That guy has to be joking that he's not confident to go talk to that girl. But it's, it's just reality. Like you said, there's a lot of reasons why people claim that guys feel that approach anxiety and are scared to do that. Who knows which one's true, but it's definitely there. Yeah. And then I'll work with guys or I even know guys personally that aren't your typical good-looking guy, that don't have a very powerful job, that don't dress well, and they have no problem approaching girls. Yeah. You know? So it all, it all depends. It just, it really all depends. It's, it's mostly just, you know, come down to, well, a lot of things, you know, how you were raised and what you've been doing over the course of how many years. And it's also interesting too, is, you know, this nice guys finish last. As you're saying this, I'm, I feel like I'm coming up with a new slogan in my head. It's like, nice guys will finish last once they learn how to trigger attraction and approach women and create that, that charismatic personality. You know, yeah. that, that's yeah. when they're going to finish last. Otherwise, as we both know, it's not like the movies. No. You know, no. it's like these... Oh, you, when you want to watch a movie, I'll tell you a movie to watch and it's going to show you exactly what not to do. Okay? The movie called... She's Just Out of Your League. Okay. Have you heard of that movie? I don't... I think I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it. It came out in 2010 or something like that. She's Out of My League, it's called. She's Out of My League. And it's a movie about a guy who's a, a dork and he somehow gets a really attractive woman, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, attractive woman attracted to him. And you know, the whole movie is like funny because he does everything wrong and he's so cringy, but she's still attracted to him. It would never happen. The way that he acts in this movie is so bad, like so bad. Like watch this movie and just learn exactly what not to do. He's oh, it's that so, bad. He's just so, he's never, I don't like using the word like beta or alpha all the time. It just, it's kind of like just vague terminology, but let's just say he's not being very dominant. He's not expressing the masculine traits that would actually attract a woman. Could he attract a woman like that? Absolutely. It has nothing to do with looks, I'm saying, but how he's acting. But anyways, we're, we're getting... I, I think, I think I've seen it. Does that take place like on an island, like in Hawaii or something? And No, that's not the one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, the, the, one thing, the one thing I'll say about that is it's that not... That one is uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, that's the one. They're kind of the same premise a little bit. Sort of. It's like this guy who's trying to get a girl or trying to get a girl back. So, yeah. Okay, maybe guy. not. But, but it's not... It's movies, of course. And those are very powerful because we watch those all through the impressionable ages of our lives. But everybody is telling us to do that. Like, even if you... Like, the girls themselves. Like, let's say you're in high school trying to figure this stuff out. Do you think when you ask a girl, like a friend girl, she's going to give you good advice? She's like, no, be nice to her. Buy her chocolates on Valentine's Day. And then you're the creepy guy that like leaves chocolates at her door or something like that. It's, it's like every single piece of pressure from culture, from our religion, from our family, from movies, it's all saying the same thing and it's wrong. 
So you can see how it's hard to break out if you don't have good information about this. Right. Do not watch movies and TV for dating advice. You listen to podcasts like this and YouTube channels like the Charisma Matrix. That's what you do. Not, right. don't, don't look towards uh, pop culture because it's going to steer you wrong. It has been for the, the moment it started and even now still in movies. You know, it's, all, it's a movie. It's a fantasy. It's not real. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So all right, let's get into some good stuff because yeah. I know you got great tips and I want you to be able to share them with the guys so they can learn how to be more charismatic. So something that was really interesting that you said to me before the call was you help teach guys how to deal when someone's talking down to you. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if this is a common occurrence that some of the guys who listen to this podcast might have because I don't know if they're doing that much socializing. But I feel it's going to be really good to know this because once they do go out and they are implementing some of the things that we talk about in terms of going out and approaching and getting over that approach anxiety, they're going to run into something like that. They're going to run into a situation, could be even at work, where someone talks down to you and you have some tips for that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a sliding scale. So like, it's not always like, oh, look at Baron the idiot, right? That's pretty clear that someone's talking trash to you and you'd have a comeback. But even at the workplace, what if some guy who's just at your level, constantly when you're a group or around your manager, it's just kind of talking down to you a little bit, right? Just a little kind of snide comment to show that his status is higher than you. It, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to stoop to that level and respond to that level. Well, the problem is that may be nice in theory, but in the real world, if you let people continually talk down to you as if they're at a higher social status than you, then your status is going to drop in the eyes of everybody that sees that, including yourself. Your subconscious is watching all of this go down. And when you're not able or competent enough or don't have the skills to defend yourself and put that person in their place, it really beats guys up from a psychological standpoint. And I find... You said a lot of guys maybe listening to this don't go out that much. Well, if you have a great fear of when you do muster up the courage to go out and talk to people that someone's going to make fun of you and you're not going to have anything to say... That's just going to compound the anxiety that you already have going up to talk to people. So I think it's very important to understand. You you talk a lot about on your podcast and your videos about a lot of this stuff is just skills-based, right? This is just another skill. This is just like learning a foreign language, learning Mandarin, learning how to come up with a comeback when somebody is making fun of you. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on lately and putting a lot of effort into. Is there a specific kind of example that you'd like to cover of how maybe you'd want to come back? That'd be interesting to you. Well, I'm just trying to think of the guys out there, like what situations they might find themselves in. I can imagine maybe a, a guy finds himself in a situation where he's a pro. This doesn't happen often. So I don't want to scare any of the guys out there. Like this is something that you think happens, but doesn't happen often, if at all. But I think it would still be interesting. Like what if you're in a situation where you go up to a group of people at a bar or at a party and I don't know, one of the guys is maybe messing with you or I don't know, making you feel inferior in some way. I don't have an, a, a direct example of what he might say, but I don't know, maybe a situation like that. Let's use this. So when you're going up to a group of people, they typically know each other, right? They have assumed familiarity, they have rapport, and you're this other guy. So your social status is already very, very low. So if someone's giving you a hard time right off the bat, you either got to be really quick or just kind of eat crow a little bit, right? If there's a group... Because if this guy's like the big alpha and you just kind of say... like You try to say something really quick back, 
it's very unlikely that his group is going to take your side, even if you said something funny. So that's why approaching big groups, if you come in cool, it's not likely that a guy is going to be super rude to you. But if you come in, you know, kind of nerdy or try hard, he may do that just to kind of protect the group so they don't feel uncomfortable. But I think a scenario that is a bit more common, let's go back to a workplace scenario, because this is something that you're going to run into regardless if you go out or not. I think a lot of people deal with this, just the corporate office dynamics. So let's say somebody, I go into the, the where everyone drinks coffee, the, the cafeteria, and there's a group of people and some guy who's always giving me a hard time says, oh, you know, Baron, he's always a little bit slow between the ears or just something like that. Just kind of casually implying that he's superior and you're inferior. Well, that you first want to categorize it. Is he really trying to be super nasty or is it kind of like a light banter? I think a lot of people miss that there can be camaraderie formed from talking trash. It's not always like, oh, the person's trying to make me look terrible. It can be kind of fun. You know, Trip, I'm sure you and your friends, sometimes you poke fun at each other. It's not because you hate each other. It's just kind of a fun thing to do. So in that instance, I would try to look at something you could say to him that would be kind of lighthearted too. You know what I mean? I always knew you were an idiot. That just doesn't make sense, right? It's not on the same wavelength that he's coming at you at from. So in that instance, what I would do, one strategy that you can employ is just try to find something relevant to what he's making fun of you about and exaggerate it. So maybe earlier that day or earlier that week, he had to ask the intern how to write an algorithm in Excel or something like that, or how to sum two columns in Excel. So what you could just say to him is real playfully, yeah, that means a lot coming from a guy who couldn't add two numbers together in Excel. So you're taking the joke that you're not very smart and then calling him out for doing something even worse, right? He's so dumb, he can't even do that. But when I said that, it doesn't sound like I'm super mad or upset, right? It's kind of funny. Oh, old bear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it means a lot coming from this guy. You're kind of laughing when you deliver it. So that's the strategy is find something similar and amplify it to a ridiculous kind of notion, right? You can't even add. You could even say, can't add two plus two. But the delivery is very important. So when a lot of guys try to learn this stuff, they get the strategy, right? But if I deliver that, yeah, that means a lot from a guy who couldn't add two cells in Excel. That's going to land terribly because you show an emotional reaction. So anytime somebody makes fun of you, the cardinal rule is never show an emotional reaction because then you immediately lose. It's kind of like, I remember that TV show on MTV. It was like probably 10 years ago, but it was a Yo Mama joke battle. And basically, these people would just stand in these weird parking lots and tell jokes. And it was clear when one person won, it's because the other person who was receiving the joke broke down and laughed and showed they had an emotional reaction. So really, if you just never get worked up about anything and keep your cool, you don't have to have some super high bar response. Because even if you have a perfect response, if it's delivered poorly or you show an emotional reaction, it's not going to land right. So the first thing you focus on is no emotional reaction. And then there's multiple strategies you can use. But the one that I walked through with you is just find something similar that they did, amplify it, and give it right back to them. I like that. And I'm going to piggyback off of what you said too. It's like, it's not even just about not showing an emotion because you are showing an emotion. If you're, what it looks like to not show an emotion is literally a blank face, right? That's an emotionless face. But uh-huh. what you're saying is don't show... I think, I think what you're trying to say is just... Uh, let me know is don't show an emotion that shows that you're affected negatively by what the person said. 
Good point. Right? Good clarity. Like exactly. Anger or upset or sad. It's like you let it roll off you. So more, it's like you're going to be smiling. You're going to be more like ha ha, like like almost as if you think what the person said was actually also funny, right? Yes. Yep. Very good clarity. You're right. You don't want to have some stone face because that would actually look like you were emotionally reacted and you were uptight, but no negative reaction. You weren't negatively impacted. And I am emotional. I'm laughing. I'm smiling. It's a big joke. Maybe you tap the guy. That means a lot from the guy who couldn't figure out Excel this morning, right? And you pat him on the shoulder. So you definitely are showing emotion, but it's a calculated positive emotion showing that you're not negative impact. Because unfortunately, people who don't have high competence are much more likely to show a negative emotion because they are hit more by that. They're thinking, oh, my status is going down. I don't know what to say. I mean, guys know that sinking feeling when someone makes fun of you and you can't think of anything to say. I mean, it's a real sinking feeling because your value is going down. You look like a dope. There's no way to slice it. It's not the high ground. You know, so I'm sure you could find some video that someone says, oh, don't worry, little buddy. If someone makes fun of you, just don't stoop to their level and stand there. Take the high ground. Well, that's not reality. That may be a nice you know, Disney World picture like we were talking about in the movies, but that's not reality. And we all know, even if we want to believe that, does it feel like you're taking the high ground and you're really looking good? No, you're not. You need to figure out how this works. And that emotion, I'm glad you cleared that up with that clarity is a really important component. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I got that because... That's similar to when a girl is trying to get an emotional reaction out of you, right? They call them like shit tests. Like when a girl tests you subconsciously by, you know, just being kind of like bitchy or being kind of harsh and just being almost kind of rude to you in this like subtle way. And then you taking that and not showing an emotional reaction to it, right? So yep. if a girl's messing with you and she's just like, oh, you know what? I think you should buy me a drink. You know, and you can say, "Oh my God, you know what? Well, turns out I just I just can't do it because I lost my job today. I'm so broke. I'm about ten thousand dollars in debt. It's just not going to work out. But I can pick out a guy for you that would definitely want to buy you a drink here. I, I don't know. I just came up with that yeah. spot. You know, or if a girl yeah. calls you gay, like she might be messing with you. Like, wait a minute, are you gay? You say, you know what? How did you know? Three of my boyfriends are actually here right now. If I could advise me, that'd be great because I don't know how to handle all these guys in my life. Right, so you're just like not reacting to it, making a joke out of it, and not right. being affected by it. And I think that's that's kind of what you're saying here too. Yeah, and, and the joke part's important because if you really are super butt hurt about that girl testing you like that, your brain is going to get very stifled. Right, you know that tight feeling in your chest. You're not going to be able to think of a joke. You're going to think of how to survive. So by you keeping that good cheer and then actually coming up with a joke, that kind of shows on a subconscious level that you're really not affected internally by that joke and you're just laughing it off and you're able to kind of think in that free-flowing way to make a funny crack about that. So I think that really is a great way to handle it. Right. Exactly. Cool. Let's move on to something else. I know you have a, you have a good charisma tip for us. How to be more charismatic? Well, I think that a lot of people, when they think of charisma, they think of presence. You know, who... There are people that you don't... It's almost like you don't even have to see them walk in the room but you can tell from the energy and from the reaction to people, who knows what it really is. Maybe a certain percentage of people orient to them. Maybe some people just stop talking. You can tell when that person, it's not often. I mean, it's probably maybe if, if you go out a lot, maybe once every three months, that somebody has that kind of presence. And I've kind of tried to deduce down, what is that? 
how is every single piece of that guy or girl's communication that comes in the room so strong that it has that impact on people? People don't even know who this guy is. I'm not talking about a celebrity who comes in and was like, oh, it's him. Oh, it's him. This guy or girl just has that incredibly strong, supernatural presence. And it's, it's hard to break down. But one of the things that I think it seems to me is if you feel like at any time, like let's imagine that you walk into the coffee shop in the morning trip, you're in Chicago, you're out on Hubbard and you walk into Starbucks and it's packed. If everybody stopped, like just everything fell quiet and somebody from behind the counter came up and said, hey, Trip's going to talk to you for 60 seconds right now. Okay. How would you feel when you look at people that have that incredibly powerful presence? They look almost like they're getting ready to give that talk to everybody. Like they're almost getting ready. Like if someone came up to them with a mic, you'd be like, oh yeah, he's probably waiting for that. Right. He was ready for it. You're very open and you're comfortable. Like you're looking around where nothing impacts you. It's almost like another way to explain it is like, he owns the place. I know this is kind of an old-fashioned throwback, but he owns the place and he's just coming in to check to be sure everyone's okay. You know when you see people who just don't want to be talked to? Like in public, you see this all the time. Like people develop these really weird scowls and weird body language. It just communicates, don't talk to me, right? It's the complete opposite of that. It's like this guy is so open and so confident and comfortable that anything that could happen, he would be ready and he'd be ready to address it on a grand scale. If he had to talk to everybody in there, he would be completely ready and confident. That's the aura. So what I always try to think about, this is something that everyone can do. And I know it's very difficult to do, but next time you're in a place, maybe it's not as busy as a busy Starbucks in the morning on Hubbard, but a place where there's any people, how would you feel if everyone stopped and you had to just say something for 60 seconds? If you can strive to get to the point where you actually would feel, okay, you're still going to be a bit nervous, but just stop and try to get to that point internally where you would feel okay to do that if everyone stopped, your presence is going to be perceived as so much stronger from people around you. So that's kind of one way that you can check how your presence is, how comfortable you would be addressing everyone, how open you are to everyone there. I like that. That's cool. That's cool. And that can be really anywhere you go. Exactly. And the more intense it is, the more difficult it is. I mean, of course, if you're in Grand Central Station at high noon, something like that's going to be the ultimate. But you can start anywhere and just kind of assessing where you are and where you want to be. Cool. I like it. That's good. Okay, let's move on to the next tip here because I feel like this is one is going to help with actually the last two that you just said. And that's vocal power, right? How do you get a voice that, well, that sounds like you, but you have that vocal power so you can walk into a room, feel more confident, be able to talk to people with that powerful voice, or even be able to joke around when someone's messing with you. Yep. You know, it's funny because we, as we talked about at the beginning of this, there's all these little components that come together for the one picture, for the one big, why do I feel this way around this guy? Why does this guy give off this impression? And if you were to do everything we talked about with that comeback, right? You had the right one. You said, okay, I'm going to exaggerate the fact that he couldn't get this with Excel. I'm going to be kind of cheerful about it. If you deliver it with the wrong tonality, it's not going to land and you're going to look like the same dope that couldn't come up with anything. So your vocal tonality arguably has the biggest impact on how everything you say is perceived. More than body language, more than eye contact, more than what you actually say. It's so incredibly powerful. And what I see 
because this is actually one of the big areas of research and focus and teaching that I do, is to kind of sum up what I see when I coach people. Most people think they're speaking in a rapport neutral voice. So I'm sure most of the guys in the podcast or girls in the podcast have heard this, but just to go through it quickly, a rapport seeking or supplicative tone is imagine you're talking to the boss or the president or something. Hey, how are you? It ends up, it's almost like a song. Hey, why did my octave jump? Well, because I'm talking in a supplicative way. Rapport neutral, the way I'm talking to you right now, the way I talk to Trip, right? And rapport breaking, a good example is an officer or a boss that's almost mad at their employee. How was your weekend? How are you? How's the wife? Right? License and registration. So most people think they're talking in a rapport neutral tone like I am to you, but they're talking in a rapport seeking tone, especially with people that are going to have influence on their life. So their boss, maybe someone higher up in the company, maybe someone they like or have a crush on, our brains naturally skew us to speak in a rapport-seeking tone. But what does that communicate? Like if I say, like to you, hey, Trip, I'm so glad you had me on the podcast. How are you? How are you? What that's actually saying to you, in addition to the words I'm saying is, whoa, man, I think this Trip guy is way above me. I'm going to almost sing to him as opposed to talking to him just to be sure I don't give him any reason not to like me. Don't be mad at me, Trip. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it, right? Versus, hey, thanks a lot for having me, Trip. I really appreciate it. You're telling the person that you think their value is higher and they should treat you poorly. And it makes me very sad when I see this because people think they're talking to their boss in the right way. And then some, some guy who knows nothing to the level that they have or much less experience who actually addresses them like a peer gets promoted simply because they seem more competent and competent because they're using the right tone of voice. So that's kind of the overall idea of vocal tonality and how I see that impacting people negatively by that kind of skewed perception of what they really sound like. Isn't that crazy? Just from your voice, just from your voice, you're communicating any one of those basically ways that you are. You know, it's like it, it just that. It almost seems like such a small thing, like really just from the way my tone sounds in my voice, but it's yeah. really powerful. And I think... You're, isn't that right? That it, it, true. That's very true. It is, it is weird how telling it is. And the thing is, it's hard to fake. Like when you feel nervous, you naturally go into a supplicative tone, your voice shakes, it's not loud. But it's something you can definitely develop because the first thing is just understanding. So when you start recording yourself, you can record yourself on a phone call, yourself, not the other person, but record yourself or even record just on your phone to see what you really sound like. Most people are shocked. You know, in one of the programs I have, I have people record themselves. And usually the first thing they say is, most people don't like the way they sound. But secondly is, I had no idea I sound like that. What you can do is you can record yourself talking to somebody in a tone that you... And by the way, I don't know if we have to say this, but I'd be sure this is legal in your state. I don't know if it's legal or not. But record yourself talking in a poor neutral tone. And then play that for a friend or family member and say, who do you think I'm talking to? Like, is this person a peer? Are they above me? Are they not? And you'd be surprised how often they say, oh, it sounds like you're talking to like your boss or someone really important. Like you definitely report seeking tone simply by understanding. That's one thing. But like you said, by understanding that you can improve this because these are things that you can practice to learn to speak in a strong way. It's not like learning basketball. It's not like learning to lose weight where you have to constantly try to continue to eat low calories. Like once you learn this stuff, learn how to speak in a strong tone, it stays with you for the rest of your life. And that's why I'm pretty adamant about people learning it because it doesn't take very long to do. And it's going to have an impact on functions of your life that you never dreamed it would have an impact on basically everything. 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. And that's the whole thing about learning skills like this is you learn the skill, sticks with you, boom, it's done. It becomes part of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. Well, Baron, this has been awesome, dude. Great, great techniques in terms of how to build more of a charismatic personality. I know you have way more stuff than this. And so where can guys find you? And then tell them about the program that you were telling me about, the quick and witty comeback bootcamp that I think is going to help out a lot of guys if they're interested in. Yeah, it just flows off the tongue, doesn't it? I was like, should I make this sound really good or actually communicate Quick and witty comeback bootcamp. <laughs> you said it nice. Well, I think my YouTube channel, like, that's where I put my most energy so people can check that out there. But I just found that a lot of reason for underlying fear in guys, whether it's going out to talk to girls, whether it's getting into a, a conversation in their workplace, they, they don't feel like they can handle it when people talk down to them and they have this crushing fear of Biff Tannen from Back to the Future coming over their shoulder. What are you looking at, butthead? And them not having anything to say, that sinking feeling. So the program I'm working on, I hope I have it out by the end of March. Quick and witty comeback bootcamp. And the term is how to instantly have a witty comeback to put people in their place and completely lose the fear of someone making fun of you without being low class and immature. Because that's something, you know, most of my clients are guys that have a lot going in their life and they don't want to be that bar back idiot that's just shouting profanities at people. They want to be able to handle themselves with integrity and class. So this program basically teaches a way. So like the example at the workplace, when somebody says something to you, you categorize it. You say, okay, how does this fall in category? And then in your head, you'll have three options that pop up. Which one should I pick? Oh, okay. Let's pick the one where I exaggerate something that he did somewhere before. Oh, yeah, it makes sense coming from a guy who couldn't add two cells. So it almost becomes more algorithmic. Because a lot of guys, when I, was, when I was talking to them about this program, I was trying to get information. They're like, oh, either it comes to me or it doesn't. And it's just kind of this art form. Like if I don't have it, I've got nothing to say. I wanted to deduce that down to more of an algorithm. So no, here's what you do. Okay, this guy's making fun of you. Is it this, this, or this? Okay, cool. Here's your options. Pick one. Because it's not only arming guys with the ability to have a right comeback. It's arming them with the confidence that they can go in to that interaction and have a comeback. Because typically, Trip, like you, when you go out now compared to 10 years ago, now that you know this stuff, you present yourself in a way that people aren't going to mess with you as much because they can tell you can handle yourself. Would you say that's, that's somewhat true? Absolutely. I mean, just because when I'm going out, I have more of a presence. You know, The way that I talk to people, my body language, I just appear more comfortable in yep. front of strangers. So yep. yeah, I really had that happen. Yeah. So you're not an easy... There's easier targets, basically. When people are making fun of people, it's typically to boost their status. So one of the underlying reads I made this program is I want guys to have the confidence that they can go out and handle it if they need to. And then ironically, once you learn this stuff, you won't need to use it as much, but it's something I think is very important to do. So thanks for asking about that. I love it. Quick and witty comeback bootcamp. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> I put that in the... I'll put a link in the description. So Baron, don't forget to give me a link for that so guys can check that out. And yeah, man, thanks for coming on. Thanks for giving us some of your, your tips. Also, check out his YouTube channel. I'll put a link for that as well. The Charisma Matrix, where you can get more tips and strategies to be a more charismatic person. Thanks, dude. Thanks, man. Had a great time. 